Lucky Game with Movie Time. Hi, everybody who's coming to join us on Movie Time. It's like I hope that you all had a really wonderful, wonderful time with our last interview. And today we have another incredible guest with us today. Hi, Anthony. How are you doing? Hello, guys. How are you doing? I'm so glad to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you on here, Anthony. It's like look forward to this interview. I believe it's going to be a lot of fun for all of us. <laughs> yes, I believe so too. Yeah, and of course we have our amazing co-host Olaf. Hit, say hi, Olaf, to everybody. Hi, Olaf. How's everybody doing, doing today? It's uh, been a great day here in the wonderful Indiana. state of Indiana. Uh, can't wait, to, uh, can't wait to get into, get into this conversation and see what all we can find out. Yes, yes, absolutely. I am so excited. By the way, Catherine says hello, as well as also hello to all of your students. Yes, yes. Did she tell you the story how she came She came to my studio to audit a class, and within the first five minutes, she was dancing and oh, man, it, it was hilarious. It was amazing. <laughs> absolutely. So, Anthony, can you tell us a lot more about you? A lot more? Yes. So, well, my personal background, I am from Boston, Massachusetts, from a neighborhood uh, called the North End of Boston. It's the Italian section of Boston. Very proud of my heritage and where I'm from. Moved to L.A., you know, maybe 16 years or so ago to pursue a career in acting, started teaching and coaching acting about well, maybe seven years ago or so, and uh, opened up my own studio about three and a half years ago, and um, very proud of my studio, very proud of my students, and, and everything is going great. Which is amazing. Uh, I was going to say, it's funny, you don't sound Italian. No, I don't sound Italian. No, so what would you want like potential clients to know when they're coming to you? Well, there's two things that I demand for, for a, new, a new student, no matter what their level is, and that's passion and dedication. Now, ironically, those are the two things that I can't teach. I can't coach that. I can't give somebody passion and dedication. They either have it or they don't. And I know... Any student, no matter what level they're at, if they have passion and they have dedication and they have a good work ethic, then I know that they'll succeed and, and, and they'll learn and they'll grow. And to be honest with you, if they don't have that, it's going to be very difficult to get them to the place where they need to be. And sometimes you're just wasting time. You know, a lot of people think that I, I, I just want to be an actor. I wake up one day, I want to be an actor. So they move to LA and Hollywood and thinking that it's just going to be, all right, I'm an actor now. And it just doesn't go that way. And there's a lot of rejection and there's a, there's a, there's a lot of pain involved. Um, there's a lot of sacrifice involved. There's a lot of time and work involved. And if they are not ready to put in the time and work and sacrifice, then I can't be a proper coach to them. And if I'm not a prop, if I can't be a proper coach to them, then I, I, I will not take their money for, my studio, and it's just, I just can't waste any now, time. Now, when you, when somebody approaches, now, say, hey, when, you, actor, when somebody approaches, say, hey, I want to be an actor, and they want to come to your, 
coach you and, and be and it, learn it, under like you. your first session with in them. like your first session uh, with I guess them. that's where you're gauging if uh, I guess that's where you're gauging if they have what it takes and to yeah. really do, you, do this you and tell them you okay you really don't have tell them it's like okay you really don't have what it takes to be an actor or or what how do you deal with no I I would never say that um, because I, I believe that everyone has what it takes, you know, um, as far as natural ability. I always say that I don't really teach acting. What I'm really teaching is the art of human behavior in uh, storytelling. So everybody is a human being. And I believe that if you're a human being and you trust that and you understand humanity, then you could tell a story and hence be an actor, quote unquote. Um, but like I said, you have to be realistic in the work that goes into it. I'm really looking more towards that end because, to be honest with you, it's my job very seriously. So mm -hmm. I, I would never tell anybody from the first time that I'm meeting them that they don't have what it takes. Now, if I learn that they're not putting in the time and the work, then I'll tell them, you know, you don't have a good enough work ethic to succeed in this business and I can't help you and and then we'd have that conversation but initially you'll be surprised you know uh, it, it's very easy to judge somebody based on your first impression sometimes you just have to like feel like a vibe and you know I know certain questions that I have to ask them but but they're not really ready to give answers sometimes so you're going to take that first initial meeting with a grain of salt and really go with your feelings and your guts. The best thing I could do in that situation is lay it on the line. This is what I expect. This is what I expect from every one of my students, no matter what level they're at, if they're beginner or if they're working actors, mm -hmm. and this is what you're gonna get from my studio. And then I see their reaction, mm -hmm. and that's really what I go by. Okay. So you've worked with a number of live performers uh, as well. Do you also work with people like from the cinema or voice actors as well? Um, I, I, not necessarily in my studio, but a lot of my private clients that I coach um, privately for auditions in, in those mediums, um, I do that. You know, to me, it's the same thing. We're just storytellers. It doesn't really matter what the medium is. It doesn't really matter what the story is. And it, it, it's pretty much the same process to be everything like that. Mm -hmm. So, like, what type of aspects do you find like in common or unique in talent that makes them like noticeable or viable in various genres as opposed to like the single genre type actor? Uh, self knowledge and self awareness. I mean, if if you know yourself, you know what you bring to the table. You know your strengths and your weaknesses. Um, that's a quality that. Actors, it's essential for actors, no matter what story they're telling, like I said, and what medium they're, they're working in. Um, you're going to ask, you're asking yourself a lot to create a character and dive into a character and really live as essentially somebody else in somebody else's story. Um, the more you know about yourself and the more you bring yourself to your character, the better. So uh, to answer that question, I would say, um, knowing who you are and being brave enough to trust that that is enough, that who you are and, and your heart and your soul is going to be in that character. Don't forget the character is a piece of paper until an actor breeds life into that, 
into that human being. So I would say that would be the, the most important thing. Because you're quoted as saying that you must be ready in mind, body, soul, uh, and soul because uh, if you're not acting, you can, uh, it can take you down. Uh, can you give a little bit of an example of that? Yeah, I mean, this is really what I'm all about because, you know, diving into characters and really going to these dark places sometimes, um, there's a price to pay for, for, for doing that. There's a price to pay in mind, body, and soul. You could really hurt your spirit um, going to dark places. It's really, to be honest, inhuman to go into a, a place of pain. Um, human beings don't do that naturally. So you're really asking your body to do something that is really not coming naturally. And you have to be able to be trained properly to protect yourself. Now, the way to do that is you trust that if I go to this dark place and I go all the way and the feelings are real and I'm living truthfully in the, the moment, like I asked my students to do, um, that you could come back from that. And to do that, you really have to be aware of yourself. You really have to know who you are. Now, don't forget, if you think of it logically, you're going to ask yourself to go into a character and then when you're done playing that character to come back to yourself. But if you don't know who you are, then what are you coming back to? So that's what I mean when I say you have to be in shape, mind, body, and soul. Um, we do... We do a lot of intellectual work and cerebral work in the studio as far as, you know, thinking and, and breaking down scripts and breaking down characters. But the most important work is physical and emotional. I mean, that's when it gets dangerous. I mean, your brain could pre pretty much, like, <sighs> take care of itself as far as, you know, thinking logically. But, but your emotional life kind of sneaks up on you, and, and, that's, and you really have to protect your soul when it comes down to that. Um, knowing who you are and knowing what makes you happy, knowing what makes you love, knowing what makes you, you, uh, is essential to coming back from these deep, dark characters. And um, a lot of actors, they skip that step, and they just think that going into the character is the only thing that they need to do. And they never come out. And it, might, it shows up in different variations in their life, you know, their mood swings and shows mm -hmm. up in their relationships and their daily life. And you just, it's very irresponsible for an actor to do that. Going in like when you're talking about going into like these dark Does that apply also? Does that apply also to not just to screen TV and screen actors and stage actors? Well, what about and there was you know, if voice actors, voice actors, you know, if the voice actors portraying a dark is, is character, the risk yep. is is the risk as you're not as great still as great, still as great to get sucked into that dark character and not come back out. Looking at you, it's really none of your business as an actor, uh, as an artist. You know, you you just have to do your work and find the humanity. And anytime you're finding humanity that's being conjured up from a story there's that risk. So I would say the exact same thing to any medium as far as this art form. It's, it, it's an art form of humanity. It's human, the art of human behavior. And that applies to anything. I mean, what difference does it make if we could only hear your voice? I mean, you still are in the moment and your body is still trying to figure out, you know, what the hell is going on here, you know?
guess with voice acting, and I guess with just voice, voice acting, hearing, hearing, since it's just a voice you're hearing, playing a dark character, you, you have to kind of playing a dark character, you, know, you really kind of portray it hard, you know, really portray it hard because you have to convey that it's a dark character, vocal expression, vocal expression. Okay, exactly. And, and you can't fake that, you know? I mean, the bottom line is you really can't fake. Human beings will tell, could tell if somebody is acting or faking or pushing or performing. Um, you won't be moved. I mean, you won't move your audience, and your audience won't be moved if you're not moved. And, and to do that, you got to go to these places. So um, I would say it's the exact same thing. And if I was coaching somebody just for VO, my process wouldn't change. It, it, it honestly wouldn't. And um, and it, it would show up like the inflection in your voice, the subtext of what you're saying. I mean, that has to be there. You can't just read off something and, and rely on the story to add the emotions. I mean, the human beings, human beings are the only things that could add emotions. Okay. Right. Okay. Also, I was wondering because you have a, a little bit of a, the, of a theater background. So, does it help yeah. you with crossing over in mediums or working with talent, or do you feel like that there are different mediums? And how do you approach the different techniques, or is it the same technique? Um, it, it, it's it. Well, first of all, let, let me uh, answer it the way you asked. Okay, so first of all, it helped me making the the, the transformation from theater to TV and film. Um, so everyone's different. Some people have a difficulty, but as far as the process goes, um, the only difference is the, the technical side of things, the process, as far as breaking down the script and breaking down the character is exactly the same. Um, one thing that having a, a theater background and doing a lot of theater helped me with is living in that moment, each moment, you know, you don't have the, having another take of, uh, oh, I screwed up, can we stop, or something like that. Not that I would ever do that, but, you know, technically in TV and film, you could stop, you could say cut. In live theater, you can't. So it's really good training as far as living in the moment and, and moving forward, you know, and, and not trying to be perfect. And what theater taught me was you, you can't try to be perfect. You know, things happen. You flub a line, you, you say something the wrong way, yep. you're... you're Somebody says something that you're not, you didn't expect them to say, and you're going to deal with it. And, and that kind of, that really worked when, when I was making the, the, the transformation from theater into TV and film. And that really is a lot, uh, um, has a lot to do with the way I, I teach as well. You know, you got to, it, it comes down to trust. And if you don't trust yourself when you're on a live stage with hundreds of people watching you, then... You're never going to trust yourself. And doing like you your improv, if you or do a lot of improv, improv or a lot of that improv, helps you in the, would that help you on in, the, would help in you live on theater because in live theater, you know, improv, you go by what's going on. Improv, you go by what's going on and not so much an actual script. Would help so, you to, and if you did flub a line or whatever, if, if you did flub a line or whatever, if, uh, uh, if you were really well trained in improv, well trained in improv, does that help you to get through? Is that not? Well, yes and no. I mean, Im improv is really, really effective to help an actor or an artist to stay in the moment, live in the moment, think on their feet. Uh, it's really good to train someone to open up and, and talk and listen and stay focused. Those are qualities that all actors need to have. But at the end of the day, 
you are telling a story and and you need to tell that story. So there's a fine line between going way off on a tangent because you have good improv skills and not telling the story anymore and getting getting back into it because something goes wrong in live theater. So I think that, and I tell my students this all the time, I think improv training is very good as far as exercising goes, you know, and it stays true to my philosophy of being in shape, mind, body, and soul. It really helps that. But without being able to break down a script and break down a character and create, improv will have its limitations, you know. So you kind of have to do both, and it doesn't always work. And a lot of times, great improv actors rely on their great improv skills, and they just they just go off and they just run wild, which seems cool, but you have to still be telling the story at the end of the day, you know? Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, do you find, though, also that improv skills, though, sharpen an actor's performance for better quick reactions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, well it, it's, it's like, like it's, it's exercise. exercise. And, and the more, you, the more exercise, you exercise, the sharper uh, you'll be. You're going to have a career in... TV and film, you need both. You, you really need to know how to break down a script and break down a character because you're going to be shooting out of sequence. And therein lies the problem when when you just have improv skills. Um, you, if you show up in a set and you're shooting out of, out of sequence and you just think that you're going to rely on your talent to get you to each moment, it's not going to work in the final product, you know. You have to know where you're at in the story, what your moment before is, what what you need, who you are, what your relationships are, the series of events that led up to that moment. Um, how have your how has your character changed emotionally? How is uh, what's your character's journey, your character your character arc? That is essential to being a working actor in TV and film. So, like I said. It's really great to work out and do exercises like improv and things like that. But to have a career, see, see I'm coaching my actors to have a career, working mm-hmm. career. And unless you're going to do sketch comedy, which is great, there's nothing wrong with improv or sketch comedy, but you have to understand it's a different genre. It's a different medium and, and it's not the same thing. And it, it, translate as far, it, it translates as far as confidence and being comfortable. And it really works when it comes down to that. But there's too many things that it doesn't translate. So we do a lot of improv exercises and things like that in my studio to make sure that my actors are staying sharp when it comes down to living in the moment. And can you describe also some of the other techniques that you use as well? Because I know that uh, you're not only one of, uh, in terms of the studio as well, yes, improv is one, but there's also, do you actually ask them to do a character breakdown as well and a detailed character breakdown? Absolutely. Absolutely. If you can't do a detailed character breakdown, then you don't understand the the character. Um, If your character is not a human being, then how would you know what you need uh, in each moment and if you don't know what you need and if in each moment then nothing's driving you and everything's going to fall flat and you're going to be one-dimensional human beings are three-dimensional and they have to be three-dimensional a camera's going to pick that up if you're only one-dimensional part of my pro huge part of my process is character development and character breakdown i think it's essential to it's essential to being a working actor 
absolutely and it's like it, it also helps so do you also subscribe to the method version of acting or is it more balanced or well to be honest with you the styles that i teach um i take a lot of different styles and methods from things that i believe work for actors and will translate in 2016 for the modern day actor no matter what their age is i've studied pretty much every method uh, the, the more popular ones i should say and every technique and a lot of them make sense to me some of them fall short in some areas and some of them really really like shine in other areas so i try to take the the things that make sense as far as method goes um, like a Strasbourg method that to dive into the character and really become the character. I do teach my students to dive into the character and, and really live as that character. But you shouldn't become the character. The character has to live through you. And I know it sounds like uh, acting mumbo jumbo, but it's really a matter of not losing yourself, you know, um, you don't have to become a serial killer to understand the humanity of a serial killer. That's going to come from you, the actor. Another part of, of the method that I, I don't 100% agree with is to stay with your character in your private life. You know, when you're working and you're preparing, that's one thing. When you're on set or on stage, that's one thing. But you don't have to... You have to trust that I'm not working right now. I could come out of character, be a human being, and live my life. And then when it's time to go back to work, I have to trust that the character will be there because I put in the time, I put in the work, and I do have an understanding of this character. At the end of the day, the characters are going to have your understanding of life. They have to be. What other, what other understanding of life could your characters actually have? It, it doesn't really make sense. Um, so getting back to your question, I do teach a form of method acting. I do Meisner exercises to really get you into the moment. I don't think that Meisner translates as well as some people think as far as the working actor, but I do believe in a lot of the exercises. Um, my techniques that I teach derive from Stanislavski. You know, there's sense memory, moment before, inner monologue. Um, yep. fourth wall, which is translates in TV and film to imaginary wall. I believe in that because those are the techniques that will make you a sound actor. I train my actors to get so good at techniques like that, that it becomes second nature. So when you're in the moment, you're not thinking about doing the techniques. It just comes naturally. It's a lot like a basketball player. You know, you learn the fundamentals, how to dribble, how to pass, how to run, how to um, shoot and stuff like that. But when you're in the game, I'm thinking about, oh, I'm dribbling now, I'm doing this now. It, it all comes mm -hmm. second nature. That that takes time and effort and practice. Definitely. And also as a writer and director, it's like a, in terms of that, when they're describing a character, it's like a, when they're looking at it from their perspective, especially when somebody is writing a script, it's like they have a visualization of that person in their head as though that they can speak to them if they were sitting right next to them. In an actor's mind, does that also have to feel like as though if they were sitting right next to you, you could totally have a conversation with them and understand 
every aspect of who they are or is there more that's needed? Well, I do an exercise in my studio called the character interview and it's part of character development and I do exactly what you just described. I have the actor get up as the character, sit down in a chair next to me and I ask the character personal questions that every person would know about themselves and then I open it up to the class to ask questions that the actor does not foresee coming and they should be able to answer all those questions as their character and if they can't do that then they don't they don't have a three-dimensional character and and, and if you don't have that well the camera's going to pick that up and, and you're going to fall short you're going to have limitations when you're in the moment so yes i believe in that wholeheartedly the rule of thumb i tell my students all the time you know pretty much everything you know about yourself your your character should know about themselves and especially simple things like, what's your name? Where are you from? Um, how old are you? What do you do for a living? Or what, you know, some things are given in the script and some things are not given in the script. But just because my last name, my character's last name is not given in the script, does that mean that I don't have a last name? I mean, of course not. I mean, like, again, it, it, the rule of thumb is always you have to be a three-dimensional human being to be able to live in each moment. And if you're not a three-dimensional human being, then you're faking each moment. And your audience is going to pick up on that. The camera's going to gonna capture that. So, yeah, it, it's very interesting that you would ask me that because we actually do just that. It's very cool. And, how, and also, it's like, how do you feel that acting has evolved over time? Because it's like, obviously, using these techniques, there has been an evolution in the acting world. It's like, it, it's not the same as it was 25, 30 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean... The thing that changed uh, acting, the, the, the form of acting really changed a lot with the like Strasbourg method, um, like like Marlon Brando, James Dean, Montgomery Cliff. That kind of acting just changed the scope of, of how actors approach work. Before that, it was like actors were performers and, and a lot of actors were actually like puppets and the director and the, and the writers and filmmakers were puppeteers using the actors as you know like um a puppet i can tell that's pretty much and once actors started feeling something real the audience really started to be moved by that and that really changed a lot of acting coaches a lot of acting studios a lot of acting teachers it really changed their approach even if you don't believe in method acting or, or, or that kind of stuff, you cannot deny that an actor has to be a human being and, and have real emotions and live truthfully in the moment. That's when acting really changed. And, and, and you could see it. You know, If you watch a movie from the 20s and 30s, very, very entertaining. And, and the actors were amazingly talented performers. The actors today, I'm not saying they're not talented performers but they're they're brave like like what they have is bravery they're, they're brave enough to go to places that human beings uh, most human beings are not brave enough to go and 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 that's what moves an audience so i think that's the biggest difference between old school acting and and new age acting and the acting of today so uh, in terms of that also it's like uh, there are some Key, uh, key components that also have changed in the actor-director relationships as well. Yes. 
Yep. So, uh, what are some of the key components, in your opinion, that you can highlight for us that's changed in the actor-director working relationships? Well, I, I believe that nowadays an actor and a director need to be on the same page a lot more. And, and they both have to realize that they are each artist in their own right. An actor has to trust the director and, 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 tr- and understand that at the end of the day, the director is the captain of, captain of the ship. And, and that is the story that the director wants to tell. I mean, there's a lot of different ways a story could go. There's a lot of different you know, ways humanity could go, you know, and if the director wants to go that way, then an actor has to be adaptable and adjustable to go that way. But a director also has to respect the fact that an actor is an artist as well and trust an actor is bringing something. And that's something that uh, uh, an actor is bringing will be captured on the camera. So it's a lot more collaborative than, than, than it used to be, and, and I think it should be. It's like, uh, so do you feel that also in terms of a director, it's like, because more directors are also understanding the foreground being also that they've been in front of the camera as well as behind the camera. It's like, do you feel that that also benefits them as a director in the actor-director working relationship? Absolutely, big time, big time. Now, uh, again, um, you have to trust and respect your director, um, but the relationship between actor and director is essential to a, a, a good project, a good story, um, a good film, a good good whatever, what, whatever it is. And um, a, a director understanding the the actor's process and an actor respecting uh, the director's vision, it, it, without that, um, it's just not going to work. You know, if the actor... and it's funny too because you, you'll, you'll hear a lot of stories about an actor and a director butting heads and, and arguing and even fighting and stuff like that. It, it's a little, it's a little, um, it's a little misplaced as far as why that happens. You know, you get you get two passionate people in the same room that want the same thing but have two different views on how to get it then there's going to be that. That doesn't mean that there's no respect and that doesn't mean that they're not collaborating. This is a passionate business and and we're passionate people, you know? That's not the same as having a mutual respect and and a mutual relationship and telling the right, the correct story. Um, I think the relationship between an actor and a director is a very, very special one, even if it seems like from the outside looking in, that it is um, tumultuous, and a lot of times it is. But that doesn't mean they're doing it wrong. You understand? Definitely. Because also, do you feel like when the, you, you do have directors who are an actor's director, there are ones who it's like they focus very much on the visual in terms of that, and it's kind of that they still have the technique of being one away from the actor in that. It's like, do you feel that the dynamic of the relationship is then sometimes ignored by those directors or by the actors, being if they don't have that background? No, no, no. I, I think a lot of directors, uh, a lot of visual directors – there's where casting comes involved. Like a lot of visual directors that have a clear vision, they have to trust that they're going to cast the right actors that that they trust will 
do their job while the director is doing their job. And um, it, it's just a different dynamic. It's not better. It's not worse. It's just different. And, and then you have a director that has a clear vision of humanity and uh, the heart and soul. And it, that sometimes is a case-by-case basis as far as the story that they're telling. Sometimes you're telling a story that is is human-based and not visually-based. And, and a director will be a little bit more hands-on trying to get a... Um, trying to get to the actor to a certain place because they know that the emotional life of the actor is going to tell the story. Um, like I said, it's just a style. It, it's just, it, it's an art form. It's very subjective, but the relationship between the actor and director, you know, it, is, it, it doesn't really change. It, it's all about trust. actor-director being an being actor, an actor and, then and then moving to a director is that, is that, uh, does, that give does that give them a little, little better perspective on, on the director's director side, side or, or does, that, yeah, does, it, does it, help it help them? I would think, I would think it would help them. It does. It helps them, but 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 it's not essential. You know, it it doesn't it doesn't necessarily make you a better director. It, it it's kind of like you know to to use like a layman's perspective. It's kind of like a basketball coach. A basketball coach doesn't necessarily had to have been a a great basketball player um, to understand the game and to be able to lead um, basketball players. It's a very similar dynamic. I think it helps when it comes down to compassion sometimes because the, a director that has acted before understands what a- actors go through. And it, and, it, and, it, and that is one of those things. It's like you either understand that or you don't. But I wouldn't say that it makes you a better director. You know, it, it's, I don't know, it, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a difficult question. There's a lot of different ways to answer it, but it's definitely not essential to be a great director. Right, right. <laughs> Okay. Also, do you feel like working with the combinations of known and unknown talents also can help or harm a project or benefit in terms of the relationships, like working with your co-stars or working with uh, that is working with a known or unknown? Does that, uh, in terms of talent on both sides of that, do you feel that it benefits or oh, harms? You cut out again. Yeah, this is what I think about known and unknown actors. The only thing that affects is the market and the business side. As far as being an unknown or a known actor, that that affects production. That affects the market. That affects um, being able to sell the project and stuff like that. On the set, as long as professional and as long as everyone is doing their job, it doesn't really matter who's known and who's unknown. Everybody is uh, their peers, and, and they have to have a mutual respect. Now, if you're green um, and, you're, and you don't know what you're doing, that's different. But I wouldn't describe that as being an unknown actor, you know? Does that make sense? Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, that, makes yeah that makes sense. And it's sometimes actually a refreshing perspective to have someone newer come into there on both sides, uh, both director relationship as well as actor relationship, because they because pro- they may provide something that somebody who has been in the craft for a while may not have. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good point. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like if if you could do your job and at the highest level and be in the moment and 
and establish that you are here for a reason and you belong there, then you start to build trust between one another and that kind of stuff, that kind of logic kind of goes out the window. Once, once a director trusts their actors and once an actor trusts their director and once actors trust themselves and, and their co-workers, everything takes care of itself. And the only time it gets in the way of having an unknown actor or a green actor or, or an inexperienced actor or director is when they're not doing their job and their problems on the set. That's the only time that, that ever comes up. And rightfully so. It's like, you know, the reason why this person is not executing their job is because they've never done it before and they don't know what the hell they're doing. Why are they on my set? And, you know, I could see somebody losing their, their patience and losing their temper with that kind of stuff because especially when you are <laughs> executing your job, it gets very frustrating. So... At the end of the day, that's all that really matters. Um, I think in casting and producers and stuff like that, they worry about trusting an actor that they've never heard of. They worry about trusting a director that is a first-time director or, or new, new to being a director. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they can't do their job. I think that new directors and actors deserve a shot if they, if they deserve the shot. It's as simple as that. Yeah. So also going a little bit back towards your company, how do you feel that your company has distinguished itself from others? Like how is your acting studio distinguished itself? There's a lot of acting studios in, in Los Angeles, as you know. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to talk about other acting studios or how my acting studio distinguishes itself. But one thing that I do is I genuinely care if my actors are become working actors. And I genuinely give them the tools to go out um, to execute their job at, at the highest level possible and have a career. Um, that is my goal. And that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to turn around and say I, I don't think that other actors those care about that. But that's my goal. And to be honest with you, you can't really, you can't really look over your shoulder and who's behind you as far as it, what they're doing and, and how they're doing it because then you're not being true to yourself. I think that as long as I'm true to myself and I know what my goal is and I and I execute my job and give my actors the the tools to execute their job, then what anyone else does, uh, it's I can't think it's. It, it, it's really not on my radar. It doesn't serve me in any way to even think about that. I know that you and I talked about a little bit earlier that there are some places that claim to be legit and they take advantage of like would-be actors and, ta uh, and talent in all aspects. How do you feel that uh, like about this? And it's like, do you feel that the industry is actually doing enough to combat this? Or is there something that we can educate the audience about uh, and our listeners about how to yeah, distinguish? Absolutely. absolutely. There's a lot of scam artists out there and the industry could only do so much. I mean, you can't really make a private sector business illegal because the people that are signing up, they're, they're willfully signing up. So it's very difficult for the industry to create some kind of standard and what's right or wrong. So going down that road and try to figure out how to get rid of scam artists and people that are not in it for the right reason, um, that's very difficult. 
So the only way you could really attack that subject is to put it on the actors themselves and to educate the actors. The best advice I could give any actor that's looking for a studio is audit as many studios as you possibly can. Do your research. Nowadays with, with Google and the internet, and uh, you could find out every single studio in your area, no matter where you live. Visit them all if you have to, you know, and make the decision, a logical decision that goes with your gut feelings. I mean, I mean, cream rises to the top. If you only join one, if you only audit one studio and you get pressured into joining because they have some kind of sales department that that really makes you feel like if you walk out of here without joining, then you're bad or you're wrong and, and you don't want to be a real actor and that kind of stuff. I, I mean, you, you should not have to go through that. And I even tell my auditors, to be honest with you, when they come in to audit my class, I tell them right out. I'm not a salesperson and I'm not going to sell you on my studio. Um, you either feel comfortable here and you feel the, you feel like it has a good vibe and a good energy and you feel like you could trust me as your teacher and your coach, then this will be a really good place to study. If you don't get a good vibe and you don't feel like you could trust me, don't study and, and, and audit other classes and, and with the same logic. Uh, and don't be afraid to walk out of an audit, even if you fall in love with the studio. Don't be afraid to sleep on it. Don't be afraid to let it resonate. Sometimes you know you can get excited and and make a wrong decision. I mean, you'll know. And it's so hard to, uh, to in the industry as well to get them to understand. It's like it. Yes. Yes, and also it's like a, a lot of times that they don't realize just because you've been given an on-camera test, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have the relationship to be able to do uh, that. You may want to look into more study, more acting, more classes, and be able to understand who can help you best. Uh, I can't can't hear you. Looks like. Uh, so, uh, well, let me ask you. Uh, no, can you still hear us? Any, it's like, are there any like certain things that jump out of these ads that people are are putting Hello? out there to bring you in? The scammers are certain things that just jump out and say, you know, that they could look for in an ad or at a studio or something that would give you might give you pause to not join or not go there. Um, that it, it's, I understand your question. It's a very difficult question to answer because, you know, if, if there's a fancy ad or, or something that really, really catches your eye, that that's marketing, you know, and, and, and legitimate businesses have good marketing and illegitimate businesses have good marketing as well. So you can't really hold fancy marketing or good marketing against somebody. And you also can't make that the reason why you join a studio. And again, it comes down to go audit and go see for yourself. Don't take anyone's word for it. And that's another thing. I know that word of mouth is, is mm-hmm. word of mouth is very important when it comes down to finding a new studio, but even word of mouth, that, that is that one human being's experience in that place. Now, it, now, if the word of mouth is, all right, I went to audit a studio and 
somebody abused one of the students. I mean, that that's something different. But if it's just an opinion like, ah, you know, I, I didn't fail it or something like that, doesn't necessarily mean that you won't fail it. A- again, it comes down to being in control of your own life and your own destiny and, and your own finances and going and seeing for yourself. But to answer your question about marketing and stuff like that, unfortunately, the, the, the people that are in it for the wrong reason, the business that business, businesses that are in it for the wrong reason, they seem to be they seem to excel in sales and marketing, and that's why they are able to pull off what they pull off, um, which is why logic and <laughs> common sense have to come into play. Right, right. What I'm, what what I'm, I'm, what I'm kind of getting is, is that possibly, possibly if you go to a studio, studio and there's mm-hmm. like really, really, really high pressure, yeah. join, 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 they may not be the best fit for what you're doing. What you're doing. Yes. Okay. okay. Yes. I mean, again, again, you have to go with your gut. But if somebody, if somebody is a high pressure salesperson like a lot of these studios i don't because i don't believe in mm-hmm. sales stuff like that for for a studio an acting studio but a lot of legitimate reputable studios have a sales department and and they will try to get you to join it doesn't mean that illegitimate or anything like that but if if somebody won't let you leave a room until you join and they they don't respect the fact that you say all right let me sleep on it and I'll contact you tomorrow. I'm interested in joining, but I want to contact you tomorrow. If they don't, if they can't handle that and they say something like, well, you don't want it bad enough if you can't do it right now. These are red flags. These are red flags. Yes. And just be careful of that. You know, it's, it is what it is. If somebody's holding you in a room, I mean, <laughs> what, what, what are you doing? I mean, come on. It should be common sense, but I understand uh, someone that's new to LA, someone that's new to Hollywood, um, they're just lost. You know, they're like babes lost in the woods, and and they're just trying to latch onto something. You got to be strong. You got to be tough, and and you, and you have to, you have to be brave and brave enough to say that. Well, let me think about this, and and I'm interested, but let me think about it. And and everyone, the studio is going to have to respect that. And that's all there is to it. Right. Do you feel that also the industry as well can help as well by publishing out guides of places that are legitimate places that they yeah. can go to and give a little bit more information than what they do? Absolutely. I think the, the industry could do that. But but you, you, what happens with that kind of stuff is money talks. And you could easily, like like if there's some kind of register or database that is reputable – and and you're able to buy your way into it, then that that poisons the pot as well. That poisons the well. So you got to be really careful with that. I think the only way that the industry could actually do something on those lines is to have like um, more hands-on experience with each studio, <laughs> and that takes time. That takes money. So it, it, it's it's not necessarily the in, in industry's job to do that, but I always said something like, um, like, the Screen Actors Guild has like you know you you have to be SAG signatory to be a producer and that kind of stuff. There's guilds, like me. The, maybe <laughs> if they go down that kind of road, 
and say like like this is a registered acting studio and and, and the studio itself has all the information testimonials and all that stuff like free for everyone to search and find i think that will help the problem uh providing that it's honest and it's not made up but like i said i keep on going back to at the end of the day it's going to be hands-on you have to just go and see for yourself and understand uh, whether it be an agent, whether it be a studio, whether it be anything. It's like do your research. Yes. Do, yeah. It's like understand that it can be so simple as a simple phone call as well. That's right. That's exactly right. Um, you, you're, you're, you're an adult. And even if you're young, you're an adult and you're in control of your life. Do what you need to do. Don't just jump into something. Um and a lot, of, a lot of people, to be honest, they learn the hard way and, and they learn by making mistakes. It's not necessarily the worst, as long as you don't get hurt or hurt anybody and, and you don't get abused or anything like that. Learning your lessons the hard way isn't really that bad of a thing. You know, most people learn lessons the hard way. So, again, comes down to have your own experience and go with your own gut. on our conversation to the pre-production aspects um how do you feel that the pre-production and breakdown process helps uh, you better your work like and how far do you take it i take it all the way because um pre-production is everything if you are on the set executing your job and you are still worried about breaking down the character and that kind of stuff then you didn't do enough work in pre-production pre-production is there it gives you time to break down everything and be 100% prepared. So when you get to the set, you're not thinking about anything except being in the moment, talking and listening, acting and reacting, and that's it. It's essential. Um, the way I break down every single scene in a script, have I have it in a diagram that is a character arc and an and event arc. You know exactly where your character is in every moment and you, you know where every event is in the story. So when you get to the, sh to the set and you're shooting out of sequence, uh, you're prepared and you're organized and you could stay focused and, and that will give you the confidence to execute your job. So I'm huge on pre-production. Or how do you... How do you, How do you get, get that, that dialect, dialect and, and the accent, the accent the correct, the correct way? way the best way where's the best that? way to do that? Mm -hmm. Dialect and accent coaches. Uh, there's there's a lot of very reputable accent and dialect coaches. It's something that you have to work on. It takes practice. It takes hard work, and you have to stay consistent. Now, with an accent, here's the advantage that actors have when it comes down to accents. There's millions of different kinds of accents in this world. I mean, just in this country alone. So you do your research on the area that your character grew up and has lived, and, and you figure out exactly what their dialect and their accent would be because, um, um, due to their upbringing. Um, make sure that you do enough work and somebody from that region would be able to feel that you could be from there. Not that you're trying to fool anybody, but, but you, you know, but that's the big test. And then at the end of the day, 
stay consistent with the accent. Um, if it's not your natural accent, then then you have to stay consistent. The, the second, even if it's just one word that is inconsistent with the accent, then it, it, it's over. You're, you're dead in the water. It's over. So it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of hard work, but it's not impossible. We see it all the time. We see actors from Australia do New York based characters and nobody even knows where they're from uh, takes hard work and, and, and then and, and it's and it's regional like you really have to really study the regions because wherever you're from um, there's people that live there the real deal is there like when I watch a movie about Boston or Massachusetts or anywhere in New England and and I hear the accents and the accents are off the movie is unwatchable for me. It's completely unwatchable for me. And, and I mean, it, it's like that in every region. You know, it's like you're from Indiana, so, and you know what people like around this area in this region. And, and if an actor doesn't sound like that and they're faking it and they didn't do enough work, it's not only is it not believable, but it's insulting. <laughs> it's just insulting. So you really owe it to the real deal to do your work. Um, but it's not impossible. You just got to put in the time, ha getting an, an accent uh, and a dialect coach, someone that specializes in that kind of stuff. Um, it's more physical. Accents and dialects are more physical than you think. There's a cadence involved. It's not just a sound. You're not just mimicking sounds. There's a cadence. There's an actual science to it, like where to put your tongue in your mouth or how why to open up your mouth you need to know that kind of stuff because it, it you're not just mimicking a sound a parrot a parrot could do that a parrot could mimic a sound that's not as interesting as a talent as people think so because there's also body there's language, language, too, too, body language of course of course of course mannerisms mannerisms and behavior have to go hand in hand with an accent or a dialect or else that's not going to work either so and, and then we get down, then, then we get back down to the original subject. You have to be in shape, mind, body, and soul. And it's just like a void, the, the same answer I gave you when you asked me about the voiceover actor. You're still acting at the end of the day, so you have to have that element as well. And as far as like once once you, you put in your, you put in your due diligence and you right get the right accent and the dialect and everything going, at the, day, at the end of the day, you walk off set or stop recording. Stop recording. Is, is there, is, is there, I guess if you've done, done, done the due diligence to get back to, to, get back to that character again, it's just a matter of thinking, okay, this is here's the voice. Trust, trust. Trust. It's all. It's all a matter of trust. Now, trust is something that you you build. It just doesn't come. It doesn't come automatically. You have to do the uh, enough work that you could trust your body to respond when the time comes. And if you didn't do your work, then it's not going to be there. And shame on you if you think it should be there. You'll know that this is like. You'll know if you got it down, and and you know you keep on practicing. Be like if you're in the middle of, of a three month shoot that has an accent, um, don't accent that, don't shelf that accent that much. You know, make sure that that it's uh, it's flowing and it's and it's in you like all the time. Um, but at the end of the day, it comes down to trust. Trust that you did the work. Now, if you didn't do the work, then shame on you. Um, but if you did, 
you trust that it'll be there and it will be there if you did the proper amount of work. Do it. As, as, as being a voice actor myself, and there's, there's, there's projects, times I, get there's projects I get to work that, on. You know, you start that, working, you know, you start on, working on them, and your character voice is just something that just comes out of my head, and the director is like, well, yes, that's it. That's what I want. So during the time I'm running my lines, you know, I've got it. It's good. But some of these projects can be six, eight months between there, and that's what sometimes it's kind of like hard. I have to go back and listen to what I did. And then, okay, now I got it. And get back into it. So give it's just a matter, just a matter, keeping it, keeping it, keeping it, keeping it going. Yeah, that's right. And that's what I mean when I say. If you know that you're going to be called upon to continue this character, then make sure that you don't put it on the back of a shelf that it, it, it's just you have to dust it off. You know, it's not really a good good practice to have to dust an accent off when you need it, you know. But at the same time, it's exactly what you just described. You know that you did the work and you know you have it. You know that your body's going to respond to it and not reject it. That only happens when you do the work and you have to trust that when you do pick it up, your body's going to recognize it and everything will be fine as long as you stay consistent. Also, uh, Anthony, you had mentioned that you also uh, do casting, whether or not uh, personally or not personally. Can you elaborate on the aspects of what you found uh, like really interesting about the casting process and what most interests you? Uh, okay, this is a very sensitive subject for me. I've been in casting rooms both as an actor and as... Uh, producer, director, writer. I mean, I I do cold read audition technique in my studio. The casting, the whole process, the, the casting process is so nerve wracking and and very unfair. But to be honest with you, uh, to there's no real way to perfect it. I think casting should be more like what an actor brings to that character, brings to the table. And then if it's right for the story that you want to tell, then you cast them. And it really takes an actor to be brave and confident enough to walk into a casting house, a casting room, and bring something unique that only you could bring. It takes it takes um, guts, I would say another word, but we'll just leave it at guts. Well, it, it, it takes guts to do that, but it goes it goes both ways, you know, um, casting directors that are casting. I, I mean, it's 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 really, really tough. So I'm re I'm really trying to pick and choose my words because like I don't want to say something like a casting director should have more patience because people are wasting their time. So. I mean, I'm not going to stand in front of a casting director and say, you should have more patience with them. It, it, I'm not saying that. Um, but it's more like a feeling. It's more like a vibe. It's more like um, like an energy. And the problem is, for an actor, from an actor's perspective, is it's a very nerve-wracking thing. And you could be perfect for that role and prepared and everything, but just get nervous that day and, and, and not show them your true self and what you bring to the table properly and you miss out on, on an opportunity. So the only thing that an actor could do to make sure that that doesn't happen is practice, 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 be ready, be confident. I mean, confident is 
confident comes from trust. Trust comes from hard work. And you just have to be, I know it sucks. I know the process sucks. And I know that actors hate it. Even working actors, you talk to movie stars, celebrities, and very few of them will say, oh, I love the casting process. <laughs> I mean, you, you'll never, you're never going to hear that because nobody, it's just the most awkward, weird, um, unscientific process. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're a producer, a casting director, what are you going to do? Like, you know, so the only thing an actor could really do is be on top of their game. And if they're on top of their game, then they'll have the confidence and, and they'll have the right energy walking into a room and then be brave enough to show that room what you bring to the table. Be brave enough to say, look, it, this is my interpretation of the character. This is what I believe the character looks like. This is what I believe the character sounds like. This is what I believe the character, um, how the character behaves. And then if the casting director or whoever's in the room gives you a note that, that is contrasting to the choice that you brought in, then you have to take a step back, take a deep breath, and show them that you could adjust to any direction that, that, that you get. And I believe if an actor could do that consistently, they will book and, and they will be successful. But like I said, it takes practice and it takes, it takes guts to do that. Also, we know in this day and age, it's like a headshot and a demo reel is not going to do it, with especially the casting process being so different as it is. Um, a lot of actors are studying also the business aspect of the industry to help them gain a little bit of an advantage. Um, what are some of the advantages to knowing the business side of the industry, as well as the artistic, in your opinion, that you would make a stronger relationship on all sides? and build into there uh very very good question i mean the problem with artists they're they're the worst business people in the world i mean they're artists they know it in now now becomes like a left brain right brain type of battle but if you're gonna if you're gonna be in this business then it is a business it is the entertainment business so you do have to think of yourself as a business owner and you're selling a product the product is yourself you have to have a good marketing strategy you have to have a good sales team around you the sales team being your agent manager you you need a, a, a coach a mentor i mean you need all of that your your headshot and resume is kind of like your um bit like business cards and brochures for what a, um, a, a business would have those are like your calling cards. They're very, very important. But at the end of the day, you have to understand that if you can't execute, then a shiny, beautiful business card or headshot is not going to help you. So it is a 50-50 thing. You need to be savvy in both fields. You could be the best artist, the best actor in the world. But if you don't have a good business sense and, no, and you can't get in a room for whatever reason, then nobody will ever know. And and that's a shame. It's just, it's one of those unfortunate things, uh, unfortunate facts of our business. I teach a business of acting class. I, I used to do it twice a year, but, but I, I step up my game now and I do it every other month because I know how crucially important it, it is. And you have to have your stuff, you know, for lack of a better word, you have to have your stuff together. Yeah, it's yeah. crucially important. 
and it's also it's like it's vital to know both sides because it's like also when you're performing it's like if you don't understand that there is a business behind it it's like there's a dollar behind it there's something that's going behind it as well you can lose from the performance as well yeah well i mean that's a slippery slope too i i understand why you're asking me that question and you bring that up but but it's a slippery slope it's like you know that's why they say like i have a a, a business hat and and an actor's hat you know um when you're executing when you're executing your job as an actor you're just gonna have to trust that everything is what it is and you, and you have a job to do but once you're in the process getting to there and the the casting process and all that stuff you do you you should know as many of the aspects of the business as you possibly can but you know it, it's the reason why i say it's a slippery slope is because if you're worried so much about that end of it things that are really not your business and, and really not like in your control then you might lose a little of the artistic side of it and the acting side of it so it, it, it it's difficult it's very difficult and there's a balance that you have to understand okay now i'm here now now i'm doing contracts now i understand this i, I mean it, it, it that's a tough one that's a tough one the knowledge is power and yes. having a, a team and having mentors and having people that you could trust that you could bounce things off of business things things and another thing is ask for help be brave enough to ask for help you're, you're not in this alone if, if there's something that you're confused about or you don't understand you need to understand that you know and, and i mean a team is very important um but to to get back to your original question there's a big difference between having the knowledge and worrying about it if that makes sense Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Yeah, you got to kind of find that balance. Yeah, and knowing uh, it's like it's important. Yes, you know how to read the contract, but know that you're right for the part as well, and put the artistic performance in. Of course, of course, yes. Um, you've also been in the industry for many years now. So, what have you seen as like the biggest evolution in how films are chosen to be made? Um, well, I, I promised myself that I wouldn't, I wouldn't discuss this because this is a very sensitive subject. What I'm going to about to say is what's happening now in the business is with social media being so predominant, a lot of people that have huge followings on the social media are getting opportunities because, you know, you have 5 million followers on Facebook and YouTube or, or whatever, all those social uh, all the social media combined, then that is somehow giving you power and producers are really turned on by that and they're given opportunities because it's a business move. You know, producers are saying, okay, well, if if, if she has 5 million followers, then, you know, there's 5 million people that are going to watch this movie that she's in. And even if she doesn't know how to act, they don't care. <laughs> it's about money for them. I think that's an unfortunate evolution to to our industry but i think on the flip side if you do have a following and you worked really hard to get that following in the social media and you learn how to act and you can execute your job as an actor in, in a high level then you deserve the shot and and i have no problem with that if you don't take it seriously and um you can't execute then shame on you and that's all that's that's all there is to it on the lighter side of the evolution 
industry now with cable like and internet channels like Hulu, Netflix, and things like that. There were a lot more opportunities. There were a lot more shows. There are a lot more pilots, a lot more guest stars, co-stars. So that's a good thing about technology. So, you know, it's every single thing has a light side and a dark side, like a yin-yang. This industry, the evolution of this industry has a lot of light. I mean, there's so many more opportunities. But there's also some darkness. The opportunities come for the wrong reasons sometimes, you know. Reality, huge reality stars get opportunity in scripted shows, whether they deserve it or not, just because they're popular. I mean, I understand the frustration of, a, of an artist, someone that's been living for their craft their entire lives, and they're not getting the same opportunities. It's frustrating. It's frustrating, but... It, 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 you have to deal with it and you have to be strong and, and, and you just got to understand it and that's all there is to it. You can't cry about it. You just got to persevere through. Don't forget, you have a choice to quit the business and if you don't like it, then quit. But if you don't quit, then you better deal with it and you better stay strong. Absolutely. So what advice would you give our listeners and people uh, that you feel that all filmmakers and all actors and everybody should really know. What's that one piece of very sage advice? Learn how to act. Learn how to act and learn how to, uh, and learn how to act well. Learn how to, well, learn how to do your job. I mean, I mean, if you think you're going to be in this business, then learn how to do it. And don't think that talent is going to, is going to provide the, the, the skills that you need to execute your job. Uh, talent could make you lazy. Ta talent, talent could be a gift and a curse. And, and being fundamentally sound and knowing how to do this, this is a craft. Understand that it is a craft and it needs to be taken seriously and learn how to do it. <laughs> and if you don't learn how to do it, then you can't expect to be able to do it, just like anything else. For sure. And is there anything else that you want to convey to our uh, to our audience? Yeah, this, this is... This is a very, it's a beautiful art form. Um, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, it's one of the most amazing art forms because it, it is it's human. It deals with humanity. It deals with the human condition. It's beautiful in its ugliness. It's perfect in its imperfections. If you're interested in doing this, you do it. Do it. If there's something in your heart telling you that, that you want to do it, then do it. Try it. Don't live with regrets. Don't wake up 20 years later and say, wow, man, you know, I think I could, I think I could have been an actor. You know, don't do that to yourself. Just try it. Just do it. Just go for it. Don't go into it blindfolded. You know, know that it's also, there, there, there's a very cutthroat, tough, strong industry attached to this art form that, and you have to be tough. And you have to be strong and, and you have to be able to protect yourself in a lot of different ways. So by all means, follow your heart and jump in. Just don't jump in blindfolded. And it, 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 it will be what it is. But at least at the end of the day, when all said and done, when you're ready to wrap it up in this life, at least you could say you tried something, you know. And, and success is just a matter of, it's a matter of opinion. And remember that. And also find the best coaches that you possibly can oh, to. That was up for you. That 
that was up to you. <laughs> no, that is very true. You want to find the best people that are there to help you get there. Right. Because exactly. we are. Yeah, 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 you're right. And you could add, you could add that. Don't think you have to do it alone. You know. Yes, we are not an island all on our own. <laughs> and Anthony, it's like we'd love to have you back again, if at all possible, in a future time. But also, how can anybody reach you on social? Speaking of social media, but also in general, it's like for questions as well. How would you love people to reach you? My website is our lifeline, Anthony Gilardi Acting Studio dot com. My last name is spelled G I L A R D I. If you go to if you go to Anthony Gilardi Acting Studio dot com, you'll get all the information about my studio. You could contact um, you could contact us on the contact page. Social media, um, um, Anthony Gilardi Acting Studio on Facebook, AG Acting Studio on Twitter. Um, we're all over the place. There's also, you know, of course, the icons right on the website that you could click on. Um, this is 2016, and as much as I would like to fight all this off, this is the reality of our business, so that's the best way to contact us. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? And Olaf, how do they get you on social media and all and all of those things? How do they stalk you? It's like, well, you can stalk me on both Facebook and Twitter and Twitter at Olaf Barbosa, but just don't stalk too close because I do get I do get nervous and I do have an itchy trigger finger. Yeah. Okay. All right. And as you know, that you can get us the uh, get me also on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Visipedia, LinkedIn. Gosh, uh, face. Uh, it's like we have now a movie time page as well on YouTube, as well as also our uh, Grace and Sonata page. Um, like I say, if you can't find me, you're not stalking me hard enough. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, all they really have to do is put in Google and everything else will show up. And uh, welcome to all of our 12 new podcasting stations who have come to join us as well uh, on there. It's like, uh, welcome and thank you, thank you. And please keep adding us on to there with you. And thank you uh, so much also to your students who I hope uh, were also listening in with us as well. And uh, all the million and one people who uh, will be listening on our, our Heart Radio as well. And next week we will be back again with another guest and thank you so much anthony this was like incredible i mean absolutely incredible yes it's been it, it, this is a subject matter that i could talk to uh, i could talk about all day and i love talking talking to you about it, it was a great experience it's been a real pleasure it's been a real pleasure, a real pleasure. Uh, it was a, a very a very informative afternoon so great well worth it and let's do this again very very soon Absolutely. Just you know how to contact me. Cool. <laughs> have a great evening, y'all, and and have fun. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. 